The New South Wales Government's Code of Conduct for Short-Term Letting is about to be released and the Urban Task Force has come out with a new campaign to persuade people to persuade the government to let them build new apartment blocks. I'm Jimmy Thompson. I'm Sue Williams. This is the Flat Chat Wrap. Hi, I'm Jimmy Thompson. I write the Flat Chat column for the Australian Financial Review and I edit the flatchat.com.au website. Hi, and I'm Sue Williams. I'm a property writer and journalist and travel writer and author. And um, I share Jimmy's passion about apartment living. Yes, and it's a very passionate time in apartment living. The Code of Conduct for Short-Term Letting is apparently about to be released any minute now. Oh, wow, at last. We've been waiting for this a long time, haven't we, really? We have, with a sense of dread, I think. Well, what do you think is going to happen? I mean, do you think it's going to be good news or...? I suspect not. I I didn't I heard stories from the uh, the committee session when they had all these people in there that uh, you know various people from various bits of the industry and uh, members from the OCN the Owners Corporation Network who represent apartment owners so they turned up for these meetings and realised there's about a dozen people there each of whom represent a different part of the industry ho- the industry mm. you know the short term letting and the hotel people and various other people and so they feeling they're feeling a bit outnumbered so the next time they turn up there's two of them and the organizers say no 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 you're only allowed one delegate each and they say well look you've got all these other people who are the stakeholders as they call them and there's only one of us and they're representing the consumers yeah all mm. the consumers like the people who actually pay for this stuff and and suffer the consequences when it goes wrong <laughs> and they said no you know you get only got one so they go to the minister who was then Matt Keane and they tell him the problem and he goes oh this is ridiculous you've got to have two people you know at least if you've got two oh, people good. who want to be there yeah that sounds positive very positive so they turn up and up jumps I believe the representative of Airbnb who says hang on we're only allowed one delegate and they've got two delegates this is unfair so then the next time they go to a meeting everybody has two delegates oh my god that's ridiculous (laughs) getting back to the code of conduct itself it's going to be things like how many times do you get to complain about an apartment before you can tell them that they're not allowed to have short term letting and stuff like that and Mm. it's not just apartments there's all the, the holiday homes and all the rest of it out there as well. Right. And we should not forget the government promised Byron Bay that that area, the councils, could restrict holiday letting to, is it 90 days? Is it, it's, yeah, I think it's mm. 90 days a year up there because their communities are just being destroyed. You know, they, they can't get electricians and plumbers to, to come and fix stuff because they can't afford to live in the town. Right. But they're not saying that, you know, different councils here will be able to have those kind of powers, are they? You know, oh, no, 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 no. no councils no. that look after places like Bondi Beach, which has become a huge um, short-term letting haven, really, where lots of other people can't actually afford to buy, to, to rent housing there because yeah. they're being squeezed out of the market. They're not going to be allowed special no, privileges, no, are they? No, But apartment dwellers will be able to, apartment owners will be able to, pass bylaws saying we don't want short-term letting in our building. Now, 
the default position will be that it is allowed and you will have to have a bylaw and you'll have to hope that 25% of the owners in your building don't want short-term letting because that's all it takes to stop the bylaw. So folks, if you don't have your bylaw in place already, now would be the time to get one on the agenda and get it through before... I'm pretty sure there will be fairly strong campaigns by you-know-who to make sure not too many buildings have these bylaws. And that's, of course, for buildings who don't want short-term lettings, because I guess there are some buildings that really are happy to have them. Yeah, you know? yeah. Mm. I mean, I visited the Pika Group headquarters the other day, and uh, they have their own booklet about how to be a good Airbnb host oh, in good. your apartment block, <laughs> which is kind of like, you know, you think, well, should you really be dis- should you really be encouraging this? Um, and then you think, well, people are going to do it anyway, so it's good that mm. they have some sort of guidelines sure. about how to be good neighbours. Mm. That's what it's all Pico, about. They're the strata managers and building managers, aren't they? They the- own about 100,000 different strata management small strata management groups mm. um, and they've got strata lawyers and they've got they've got debt collection groups they got they got they've mm. aggregated all these different strata professionals under the one umbrella it's quite impressive actually i have to mm. say it's yeah. quite impressive but scary <laughs> So, this week we saw the launch of an interesting initiative from the Urban Task Force, which is the property developers, I think you'd call them a lobby Lobby group. group. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, Here in Sydney, it's called Welcome Home. It's on Facebook and, and there's a video. And basically the video starts with a woman saying, you know, I spent all my time strap hanging on a bus traveling from the Hills District and I thought, would I rather do this or would I rather live in a one-bedroom flat nearer the city? And and so the whole thrust of this is, it's like they're trying to create a movement with a petition to the government to say, let developers build more apartment blocks. Ah, okay. Well, it's interesting if they're going to make apartment um, living more palatable for for more people, more attractive, and I mean, I think one of the things that would make apartment living so much better for people is to to ensure that there's really good design guidelines in place, and also you know proper defects regulations, those kind of things. That would make me a lot more attracted to new apartment buildings. Yeah, the, I think the actual thrust of this is these areas where they're resisting the building of apartments. Sure. I mean, Ride apparently has a moratorium on apartments at the moment, from what I hear. Mm. And there are other areas where the councils come up with also, you know, the, the heritage list mm. sheds so that it can't be knocked <laughs> down for apartment block development. Well, there's a very strong case for reasonable development. And in areas like Ride and the the north of the upper north shore of Sydney, a lot of people kind of grow, have grown up there and want to carry on living there, but there just aren't enough affordable apartments for them. So they really kind of want apartments. But I guess there, there is a case for slipshod development um, and development everywhere. Yeah. You know, they should be kind of really well-planned developments with plenty of green space around them. Lots of facilities very close by. And, you know, if you build good apartments with, with great facilities, then the people will come. Yeah, the the thing about this ad, which is what it is basically, 
On the homepage on the internet, it basically says people are being prevented from building apartments by old people who want to live the same way they lived in the 70s. So they're making it very much an age thing. And then on the video itself, I mean, this, this, this campaign is called Homes We Want to Be In Where We Want to Be. Ooh, it's a bit yeah. of a mouthful, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> So the the whole thrust of the thing is old-fashioned people are stopping the apartments from being built. There's a, a video of a dapper young man in a suit who says he wants to be closer to the action. He wants uh, so he can have a better quality of life. Um, he talks about community and and people who care for each other. There's uh, people chatting and having a barbecue and and mentions Facebook, and you think all these trigger words for young people to make them go, oh, oh, this is what I want. And meanwhile, the video is showing, you know, that park at Central Park uh, mm-hmm. down off Broadway. Chippendale, yeah. Yeah, down there mm. and and the interesting restaurants down there in Spice Alley and all that, kind of showing mm. that as being typical I guess what they're trying to say is this is what it's like if you live in an apartment. Sure. It's well, that what is it's an lo- exceptional apartment building, an yeah, exceptional yeah. development room. Yeah. You know. It's what life's like if you live in an apartment there. Yeah, exactly. I don't think... They can afford to live there. Really. I don't, yeah. I don't think Walleye Creek is necessarily going to give you the same quality of lifestyle or even some of these places down near Botany where they seem a bit, a bit less fantastic. Mm, certainly. But this is the um, thrust. There's a young woman who's with a baby, and she's saying all these people who complain about high-density living, you know, probably never tried it, so, you know, they can't really complain about it. And then the video shows pets playing in the park and (laughs) people in the swimming pool and the gym, Mm. and it's all about, you know, the words like this is a better solution and building a community and stuff like that. So they're, they're laying it on pretty thick. Well, it's nice to see some positive stuff about apartment living. Because, well, it is. You know, many of us choose to live in apartments because we, we love the lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. But I guess really if it's just to say we need to build more apartments everywhere, then it's, it's not so well, no. acceptable. I mean, really? that's what they're not saying. It's talking about, as you said, the, the quality of design. Mm. But, you know, look, you know, there has to be a whole range of things. You mm. can't all live in luxury penthouses. Sure. Somebody's got to live in the flats underneath. (laughs) Yeah. But, I mean, look, you know, on balance, maybe it's good if we start getting a bit more glamour into people's lives in the idea of apartment living. And there are lots of people, it's quite right, who are very much against apartments but have never tried the lifestyle and kind of just dismiss it out of hand. But we kind of have to take everybody, you know, we're a big community and we have lots and lots of different opinions and we have to provide affordable accommodation, good accommodation for all sorts of different people, really. Well, absolutely. I mean, the affordable accommodation, Anglicare just did a survey and and realised that there were only two apartments in the whole of Australia that were affordable by single people on the New Start pension. Oh, my God, two. Two in the whole of Australia. Wow. So affordability uh, is, is defined as being not having to pay more than a third of your income in rent. Mm. Um, the University of New South Wales uh, City Futures Department is... A research centre has come out with a, a study that shows that they're going to need 200,000 affordable dwellings in the next 20 years. Mm. So this is comes back to the urban task force. Mm. They're saying 
well, we can't build affordable dwellings if you don't let us build apartments. Mm. I don't see a lot of affordable apartments. I'm not sure how that works. I think basically the planning authority, which is not always the council these days, has to say, if you want to build here, you've got to build X number of apartments that will be rented at an affordable rate, which means the developer becomes the landlord or sells that to somebody else, but Mm. the rents are fixed. Yeah, kind of build to rent. Yeah, Yeah, but, you know, they're theoretically making a loss Mm. on these cheaper apartments because above them, you know, they'll be the ones that they're selling. But, you know, it happens everywhere else in the world. Why it doesn't happen here is a bit of a mystery, really. Mm. We don't really have much of a state housing system anymore, do we, really, in New South Wales or in Victoria or anywhere else around Australia, really? Well, not to the extent they have in Europe, for sure. I mean, here you've got the Housing Commission, but, you know, they say that, like, they're, they're selling um, Sirius, Sirius. Sirius Block, and that's going to that's gonna provide three times as many homes out in the suburbs. Mm. But it's a shame that what we're doing is hollowing out our cities. People who are not as wealthy, people, and even people who are as wealthy but happen to live somewhere where tourists want to stay. Mm-hmm. Are or all essential being service workers as well, nurses, policemen, fire people. Fireys. Fireys. <laughs> um, all those kind of essential service people who don't receive a huge amount of money. Childcare workers. I mean, mm. maybe if Labour wins the next election, childcare workers will be a bit better paid. In They'll future. be pricing us all out. They'll have so much money. <laughs> I think that's pretty unlikely. But those people really deserve some affordable accommodation in the city near where they work. Yeah. Mm. But, you know, that's the way you you give them tax breaks, give them more money to spend on their accommodation so they can afford to stay in the city, presuming Mm. that they want to stay there. Yeah. Every so often in the flat chat, website. People write to the forum with a question and I am absolutely convinced I've got the answer. And then as the conversation progresses, I realize I don't. So this was uh, an email from somebody in Victoria. Four apartment block, two of the apartments have balconies and those balconies form a canopy over the, the apartment downstairs. Right. And they had just moved in. They hadn't checked all the paperwork and whatever and discovered that their balcony is collapsing. Oh, no. And they asked us, who pays for this? And working with our New South Wales heads on, we said, well, the balcony's a common property. The common property has to be repaired by the owner's corporation and they they should pay for it. Yeah, that's pretty reasonable, really. Yeah. Yeah, not in Victoria. Oh no! <laughs> in Victoria, they have they have a strange system there that, well, in a, in a way, it seems quite reasonable. If there's common property that only benefits a certain person or a certain owner, a certain lot owner, then they can be made responsible for the repair and maintenance of that piece of common property. Balconies being a case in point. So you could argue, I think you'd be hard put to argue that a balcony on a multi-storey block was not common property because it's such a part of the fabric Mm. of the whole building Mm. and the people below are affected by it as well. But in this particular case, this correspondent did a bit more research which he should have done before he contacted us. (laughs) Or before he bought the place. (laughs) Yeah, well, very much so. And discovered that the balcony was his responsibility and the guy next door had fixed his balcony 
at his own expense. So he discovers that the, the balcony and the balustrade and all that are his responsibility, but the poles holding it up from the ground belong to the people downstairs. And they are the problem. They, that's what's oh, failing. Wow. Not the people, the poles. They, they, the poles are failing, and that's what's causing the balcony to sag, and it's going to fall down at some point. So, uh, that's yeah. so weird, isn't it, really? Oh, it is. Because, the, you know, if the poles are failing, it still doesn't really affect the people downstairs, does it, really? So they can just say, well, we don't really want to repair it because we get no benefit from it. Well, it does affect them if it falls on their heads. Because that, that balcony, if you yeah. think, is, is their canopy. It's their sun thing place. Mm. Mm. So that's where they have their barbecue and their sun loungers and stuff. And it's gradually sagging. But you'd think there's some point where you go, logically, yes, the poles are in their part and the balconies in his part mm. and each part should pay yeah. for their own. But then you think, wouldn't it just be easier if you said it's common property? Oh, gosh, yeah. Because if I was on the ground floor and I had poles, and I, I might be really envious of my neighbours upstairs who had a nice balcony with a barbecue and things on, I might quite resent them, really. And then having to pay to keep up their barbecue lifestyle. Yeah, barbecue <laughs> lifestyle. I might be a bit kind of miffed, really. We hate the barbecue lifestyle. And on that, You do. <laughs> and on that note, um, we have a couple of funny stories to finish off this week's podcast and one of them is about barbecues that'll be after this break so sue what's your funny story this week well i was on the ec of a building and um we kept complaining that somebody kept using their barbecue all the time and the smoke kept pouring into their neighbor's apartment and um, the chairperson of the of the EC kept refusing solidly to do anything about it whatsoever and to believe there was any problem whatsoever. And in those days, we used to have meetings in people's apartments. So we actually, by pure coincidence, had a meeting in the person's apartment who was complaining about the barbecue smoke. And as we sat there, we got into the first um, item and suddenly this huge black pool of smoke poured in through the doors of the balcony and the chairman stood up and said what the hell is going on is this is there a fire next door and the person whose apartment it was said no no no, it's their barbecue (laughs) (laughs) and everybody started coughing and all our eyes were watering and the chairperson was just distraught and said well i didn't realize it was like this and we realized that he just had no concept of what it's like when people have a barbecue use a barbecue really regularly don't actually clean it very often or if at all and um, then just fire it up and cook meat or cook fish every night when Mm. the wind's blowing in the wrong direction and all the smoke ends up in their neighbors Mm. and it was kind of quite a solitary lesson for him he was he was he went very quiet after that every time we discussed barbecue smells and smoke (laughs) Um, my funny story is, it's kind of a, the strangest pet story I've ever heard, which was, it was a row of townhouses, I think uh, somewhere in Newtown, or mm-hmm. near there, and uh, there was one person who kept a horse in the backyard of his townhouse. <laughs> and, wow. and Yeah, you know, and you'd think, well, the neighbours would notice and have something to say about this. But this ho- this was a racehorse. It was a harness racer, you know, a trot. Oh, yeah. Horse. Wow. Yeah. And um, that's where he kept it. And it was within walking distance of uh, 
Um, no, it must have been actually in Glebe. Glebe. It was yeah. in Glebe because mm. it was within walking distance of Har- mm. Har- Harold Park. And he could w- literally walk the horse down to the, the racetrack and you know, give, train it there and whatnot. Mm. And mm. the neighbours put up with this because he would give them inside tips on the races. <laughs> So they could make money by betting on various wow. horses. So, you know, sometimes these stories, these pet stories, you know, you think they're very black and white, but they're, um, yeah. they're always, uh, there's always another side to them, isn't there? No, that's kind of nice if the neighbours kind of get in, in on the act as well. And I'm sure the kids, their kids loved going and looking at the horse oh, and yeah. things, you know. Yeah. Great. But I don't know that you know it's not much of a space to run around in the, the back garden of a of a townhouse, <laughs> but it seemed to work for him for a while anyway. Okay, that's the flat chat wrap for another week. Thanks, Sue, for chatting with us again. No problem at all, Jimmy. Now, if you listen to this and you enjoy it, um, please subscribe through whatever service sends it to you. And if you want to know more about what's happening in the world of apartments, go to flat-chat.com.au. Thanks for listening. Talk to you again next week.